0: The 1 and 2 with Judy Lou. <sighs> <sighs> Sorry, don't mind me. It's just 6.30 in the morning um, because I have a job and I fit in with the rest of society now. I have 40 less hours to work on this and I'm just finding time before or after my 9 to 5 to, like, script at a um record and publish the podcast weekly. So I love it. I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm gonna find time, but if there's a yawn here and there it's probably because I am not used to getting up at this ungodly hour of six thirty. Okay, hello and welcome to episode six. Let's just say I mentally jumped in a pool uh, to wake myself up. I physically punch myself in the face. I listened to some little Nas and I may have had some of my partners pre-workout. So just dabbled in that a little bit. So we're all good. We're full of energy. It's nearly 7am. I can say I'm a morning person now. I can see how people do it. I think I'm one of the superior people who wake up with energy in the morning and shame everyone who doesn't. So that is me now. Hello. So, before I fully kind of transition from working in the media industry into my new job in the travel industry, I thought I would share some things that I've learned over the past three years. I'll take you behind the scenes of TV, discussing all the many things deemed as confidential. Uh, I'll talk about which Aussie celebrities I've worked with. Also, I definitely didn't know how it worked prior, but I'll go through the ratings in relation to how they collect the nightly ratings that account for all TV watches across the country. Um, I know that in our country, we're deemed as someone who has a pretty accurate method of recording what every single person watches. But once I dive into it, you'll probably be like, that does not sound accurate. So we'll discuss that soon. Okay, just clearing up some phrases I might use in the entirety of this episode. So if I mention a tune in, that is like the call to action messaging that's on any creative collateral. So for example, 7:30 tonight on 10, that would be a tune in, like the time, the day, and then the channel. A promo, that's pretty much just a TV commercial. So like we're working on a Bachelor promo, we're working on Survivor promo, and you'll see when you often watch free-to-air TV that these promos are often placed at the very start of an ad segment or the very end of an ad segment, as they're the most watched spots in the whole of the commercial break. Because obviously like when the commercial break starts, you might watch the first ad, then you might go to the toilet, then you might go grab a cocktail, then whatever. Um, and then come back for the last ad before they go back to the show. Talent, this talent is hard. So people think talent means celebrity. Well, it doesn't really. So don't get me wrong. You have like the hosts. So you'll have like, Osha is a talent. Then you have judges. So like, um, anyone on Master Chef judges, their talent. Um, and then you have contestants, So I wouldn't say, you know, the girl who comes second last on The Bachelor is a talent, like in terms of celeb, but when it comes to work, if she's in the building, we have to say like, you know, we have a talent coming in today. So they're not always a celebrity status. They could be just an E grade influencer who is just coming like off the show three nights in. Admittingly, In my family group chat, I have self-allocated my nickname as the talent. I'm just going to leave it there. Okay. Also, this is a fun fact just in terms of why do the ad breaks yell at me compared to the audio of the show I'm watching? Well, that's because the show has the capacity to, like, do the audio at 100%, but it doesn't because, like, obviously times of, like, thrill or... Just here and there, they'll lift their audio to 100% capacity. But for the majority of the show, they might have it sitting at like 80% audio volume. But for ads, they've only got like a 30-second spot. So they're going to make their whole ad at 100% to try and get the attention of the viewer. So yeah, if you ever wonder why the ad's always louder, well, that's on purpose because the company who made the ad is like, I'm not going to make my ad sit at 80% volume when I've only got a 15-second spot to get my message across. Okay, let's talk ratings. So ratings are so important to free-to-air TV. They literally decide how every day is going to go. I remember, like, you clock on, it gets to 9.02. I think the email would come through from our data and insights team, and it would be like, here are the ratings from last night's show that, that aired. You're either going to have a dreadful day Or your day will just go as you planned. So yeah, they're really important. So the way the ratings process works is that the TV ratings are viewing estimates drawn from actual viewing behaviour in a bunch of homes that kind of represents the wider population. So what still baffles me is that there's 25 million give or take people in Australia. That's our population. And in terms of how many of these recording devices they've installed into households across the country, guess how many they've put in to make an accurate reading of what every single person in the country is watching that night. Guess how many boxes would be installed in every state. Overall, there's around 12,000 boxes installed across the country. So to me that ratio feels a bit off like they didn't even get like 1 million boxes so it'd be like 1 in 25 it's 12,000 um but apparently we've got one of the better ratios apparently in other countries they have far less boxes and far more people so i guess in terms of comparison we are accurate but I mean, look, 25 million population, 12,000 boxes to record what the whole country is watching, to me, accuracy would be one box per household. But look, obviously, the money, the resources, the time to do that is just a ridiculous ask. So the way it works is that this company, Oztam, is actually paid for by the free-to-air channels to collect the data. Um, And... Oztam will just call random households around the country and be like, what do you do for work? If they say media, I work in television, then no, you're not getting one. Um, if anyone in their family works in television, no, you are not getting one. I think one box is like 100,000 people in terms of the overall rating. So if I worked for a certain channel and I needed my channel to have good ratings at night, I would be watching it with my little black box recording my viewing and bam, the next day, a hundred thousand people. That's what it accounts for. So pretty much this recording device, it's installed by the oztan people. Once your house has been approved to have this, also you don't get paid to have this. You just get some sort of like point system. And then when you get more points, you can claim things at like Woolies and Coles and stuff like that. So these people who have these boxes in their house, they're just doing it for, I guess, the greater good of the TV community. But pretty much, so the installer comes, puts the black box right under your television and they give you a special remote. On the remote, you'll have buttons per person. So say, I'm 25-year-old female, I get the first button. And then my partner is 25-year-old male, he gets a second button. So you'd press the button and then, The device knows, okay, well, that demographic is watching, and then it records the audio that's playing. So, say it can hear the bachelor playing. That's one tick for the bachelor to be like, okay, well, that's one viewer, kind of thing. And then if my partner came, he'd have to press his button and be like, okay, now it's 25 year old male watching, and they can hear Survivor playing. So, they'd be like, okay, well, that's one viewer for Survivor. And then at 2 a.m. every night, all the data is kind of like collected and analysed and then at 8.58 every morning, this Oztam company sends out all the data to all the free-to-air channels and then that's pretty much it. Every day of the year, no breaks, no holidays, doesn't matter what's on, that's what happens. Now, in terms of confidentiality slash NDAs, Um, so when you kind of sign on as a full-time employee or freelancer or whatever, you've got this embedded NDA within your contract. But then on top of that, you're kind of told, well, this is like extra confidential and this is super, super confidential. So for example, things that are confidential is set locations. So where things are being filmed, even though it's filmed mainly prior to going on air, it's just so like paparazzi don't go there and see. That you know, this person has been sent home, or these two make it to the top two. Um, so they're confidential. The launch dates, so the first episode date is so confidential, it's ridiculous. So, that's pretty much just because if I say The Bachelor's coming on August 10th and it comes out, and then the competitor puts on their biggest show August 10th, then it's like, oops maybe we shouldn't have said it. But then you do have to say what the date is so that the audience can be there. So it's like a bit of a tension between holding it for long enough that a competitor doesn't put something on that date and then releasing it early enough so that the audience gets that awareness that it's going to be on that date. Then date announcements, that's confidential. So the date that I'm going to say bachelor comes out August 11th is confidential. So say we go August 1st, we're going to tell everyone that the date comes out August 11th, that August 1st date is confidential too. Like you can't warn people that on August 1st, we're going to come out with the official launch date for the bachelor. Like you can't tell people that finale dates, huge one that's confidential. I mean, with most shows, you can kind of work it out, right? Like it's airing Monday, Tuesday, goes for 10 weeks and you kind of do the maths. But sometimes they'll throw a spanner in the work and like bring it forward, push it back, take a day off the normal schedule and just to kind of throw off competitors because often you'll have a finale date and then the competitor will put a launch date. So Channel 10's finale for The Bachelor and then maybe Channel Nine hears about it, so they move their launch of Lego Masters to that night so that they take some of our audience from the finale into their launch of Lego Masters, just as an example. Um, there's confidentiality around, obviously, maybe the new Bachelor, Bachelorette, so even if they're random, a stranger or a celeb, there's a lot of confidentiality around that, and it's hard when it comes to, like, planning the artwork of the person, but like we're not supposed to know the person, but yet we've got photos in front of us of the person. So there's just that's a bit hard. Um, and then there's secrets around the contestants on shows. So contestants on Survivor, contestants on, again, Bachelor, contestants on Master Chef. Even if they're randoms, no one knows. It's like no, nah, you can't. They, this is confidential. Like it's like well, it doesn't matter anyway that these are randoms. Then there's more secrets around who the judges are for certain shows, who the hosts are going to be, the day of the week that the show falls on. So if a show is Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, well, that's confidential. You can't tell anyone until that's out. Um, Upcoming shows, obviously confidential unless spoken about in like a release of what's coming up this year. Top contestants in terms of these girls make the top three on The Bachelor or These people are in the top five for Survivor. For example, if we had told someone about the Honey Badger not choosing anyone on The Bachelor, that would have been like big X, big no-no. Also looking back on that, it would have been an amazing opportunity to put a bet on Sportsbet that The Bachelor didn't choose either girls. He chose himself, you could say. Huge odds on that. I would have, I probably could have retired if I put enough money on it. So then there's instances like we would film content for each Bachelor episode, but we obviously had to film it like three days out, four days out. So I'd be there watching the whole episode before it's launched, but yet can't tell anyone, can't tell people I work with. And then you're kind of not up to speed with what's on air because you're like four episodes in front, in terms of work but then your girlfriends are talking about what's on air and you're like I'm just gonna say nothing because I forget who's still around who hasn't gone yet what's happened because I'm four episodes in front on a work basis so in a personal life I'm just gonna stay quiet and every time I got drunk my friends would so so consistently try to get out of me a winner for any show that they could put a bet on so whether it's Master Chef, Survivor, Bachelor anything that's been pre-recorded and I might know the winner they would just hound me. And they never got a word out. I was quite proud. They said I was a vault. So that was a massive achievement for me. And yes, I will probably put it on my CV. And then there comes instances where we'd have to give episodes to journalists like prior to it going live because these journalists would work with Heavily and they'd help promote the show. And as soon as the show was over, they would have a full article about it. So we'd have to give them like a rough copy of the episode prior so they could watch it, take notes, write their article, have it proofread, ready to go for as soon as that episode's over. So, for example, recaps. So the punky recaps of The Bachelor, like they would have the show with them. But when it comes to that, like there's massive NDAs involved. Um, or when like Mamma Mia would do like a these five things from tonight's episode of Survivor, well, they would already have had the episode and they would have watched it before it went to air so that they could get their content ready to promote the app once it was over. Okay. In terms of talent, I have had some pretty funny experiences. Um, These are just talking about talent that I've worked with and loved. So Amanda Keller, she's great. She's smart. She's funny. She's witty. She's just very um, intelligent as well. We filmed a video for her trying to get the Golden Globe. So pretty much it was her just helping out around work. And it's on my Instagram highlights in my work section. But the video I did with her, it's pretty much me. I'm on my phone. And then I go, oh, shit, I've got no battery. And she comes over to me and she goes, here, just have my phone. And then she gives me her iPhone and then she walks away. So, I mean, look, very short snippet. Um, but when we had to re record that and think of that and stuff, she was really cool. Getting stuck in an elevator with Miguel Maestro is an experience in itself. He's a Spanish cook, he is a chatterbox, he is just full of random facts and conversations. So, you've got to be in a certain mood to be stuck in an elevator with him. Working with Richard Reed, I loved. Um, Hilarious, stunning man. There was a few weekends where me and him would go out together, just the two of us, to these councils out west. He would, like, host their Christmas parade or he'd be emceeing, like, certain fun fairs or whatever. And in the break between when he wasn't needed, me and him would, like, just go to the Westfield, go have a little shop, maybe grab a bite to eat. One time we were in Liverpool and... I took him to this kebab shop he felt like a kebab it was really random so we go to this kebab shop and the guys in the kebab shop loved him next minute I turn around and he's gone back behind the kitchen and he's in the shop pretty much serving people I'm like Richard no darling like he's getting photos taking selfies with these big Lebanese kebab shop owners and I'm just like okay well just at least get me a free kebab please um, me and Richard Reid did TikToks together when we were bored. We'd go to Kmart and, like, go just try on random stuff. I don't know. So he is just a ball of fun. Um, worked with by Ryan, obviously a neighbourhood favourite around here. Scott Tweedy, he has made it big in New York. He now works for eNews and he's just such a good guy. Like, he really puts the effort in with his work and, like, it shows. Worked with Maddie J, he's great too, Um, Tanya Hennessy. Had a glimpse of Lindsay Lohan at the Melbourne Cup. We were all in the marquee and we had got her here for it, Um, but pretty much she just sat in the corner with like her security, her sister and her manager, so that was uneventful. Um, I've worked with all Survivor people, Bachelor people, I've organized meet and greets. I've worked with Sandra Sully. She's really good. She's so smart, so professional, so classy. She's just stunning. And random fun fact, I'm not going to mention who it is, but a talent once liked one of my bikini photos from Bali. That's a bit sus because he is married and has kids, so... A bit off that but all in all all the people I've worked with stunning great amazing the talent that is actually more difficult to work with are the ones that are less famous so like the boys from bachelor in paradise or like the girls that have just done their first bachelor and they come off as seventh place but they think that means they're entitled to things it's like why are you difficult who are you Um, but yeah, our main talent that I worked with, like the ones who actually were somewhat household names, they were great. Also fun fact, it's actually so expensive just to buy certain sporting events just to get it on the channel. So for example, the Melbourne cup carnival, $22 million for three years to have it on the channel and you know, the audience could watch it somewhere else but we're still paying $22 million to have it on our channel for three years in a row. And that's not including all the money that goes into the actual days. So like all the staff, all the resources, flying all the equipment to Melbourne, putting together a beautiful bird cage, which when I went there, it would not have been cheap. Putting together all the activations for the park, all the uniforms, all the camera equipment, just there's so much money all the branding, promotion, marketing, so much money that goes into it. And just to think the tip of the iceberg is just to put the show on the channel, 22 mil. Let's start with that. And it just gets more and more and more. Then I saw this year, maybe three months ago, they bought the A-League so, and the Women's League, so all the soccer they've bought. And I think it was either 100 mil for four or five years. And then I saw articles because they haven't confirmed that it might've been 200 mil. So that's just the starting price just to say, yep, it's on our channel. Now we'll go through with, you know, all the production, all the promotion, the resources, everything. So that's just still blows my mind that you're literally just paying to say it's on our channel. Tick. Here you go. hundred million dollars to say it's on our channel for this many years. Thank you. And another thing, If you see, say, something out in the street or something online, an artwork that has been made by a TV channel, you know, whether it's this year's Bachelorette with Brooke in it, that artwork has been through that many processes, has taken so long to make, has been through so many chefs in the kitchen and it's just you just see it and you scroll past and go, yeah, like where the petals fall, what colour she's in. I'm really good friends with a graphic designer. She changes the dress colours, you know. Maybe she was shot in a red dress. Well, let's put her in a pink or vice versa. Um, The retouching, the everything, the messaging, the colour scheme, all of that, the nightmare goes through to get one artwork for every show across the year. For Every new season has to be redone from the original concepts to the actual organising of the photo shoots, then to the putting it together then to the approvals, then rolling it out. It is such a process with artwork, and there are so many people that have their input contributed into the overall look. It's just an absolute headache. So, next time you see an artwork for one of these channels, just think, oh, a lot of time and effort and money and resources went into this one poster I'm going to flick through because it's a lot. That is all for today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed or even learnt something about the TV industry. Any questions or comments, just drop by the Instagram at Judy Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Please share with your friends and I'll speak to you next time when hopefully I'll be a pro at this whole waking up before 9am thing that these people have got going. Love you, leave you and enjoy the outro. the one and two with Judy Lou.